Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Sometimes we don't have friends because we're just not friendly. And this morning, that's what I want to talk about. We're going to talk about Joseph being friendly. Uh, That's what it amounted to. That's all he did. He cared about others, and he showed himself a friend. And because of that, he gained some confidence, and he became friends with people, and he provided a blessing uh, to them. So this morning, we're going to talk about the, from the life of Joseph, or lessons from the life of Joseph, the Bible way of making friends. And I have three thoughts that we're going to look at. We're going to see that Joseph was consistent. He was consistent. And then we're going to see that Joseph, uh, he had some compassion, folks. He cared about people. He cared about others. And then finally, uh, we'll finish by talking about the fact that he was able to provide some comfort to these people, to these two men who were struggling. And that comfort is what I think encouraged them, or at least gave them some direction, and that's something Joseph was able to do. So let's get right into this today. Talk about Joseph being consistent. We're in Genesis chapter 40 uh, here, and it says in verse uh, 3, it says, He put them in the ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison. And then it says the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in the ward. So we find Joseph in prison here in this passage. And I want to talk today first about Joseph's consistency and how this is important if we are going to be a blessing unto others and if we're going to have friends in this world. Uh, First thought I give to you is the fact that Joseph was sincere. Okay, He was a very sincere person. What I mean by that is no matter... Where you find Joseph, you find the same man. Okay, He didn't change. Uh, Things didn't change him. Places didn't change him. Circumstances didn't change him. What I mean by changing, his attitude remained the same. His love for God was there. And he always looked to the Lord. And he did his best to live correctly. You know, I think as a Christian, that's something that we should not only admire in Joseph, but apply in our lives. Uh, I don't know where God's going to take me. I don't know where he's going to take you. But wherever he takes us, We should live for Him. We should honor Him. We should put Him first. We should glorify Him. Whether that's here in Little Rock, uh, whether that's in another city, uh, and and you can even apply this to your location of work. Wherever God takes you, you can be a blessing and can live unto God. As far as Joseph, he was the same at home. He was the same in a stranger's house and even in a prison. You see, he loved God when he was betrayed, when he was slandered and even mistreated or demeaned. Uh, He was the same as a son, uh, as he was as a servant, and even as a slave, and and here as a prisoner. That's because Joseph was consistent, and he looked to God. And this consistency is needed if we're going to make friends, or if we're going to be a blessing to people. And here's why. People can spot a hypocrite a mile away. Okay? You say you love the Lord, but then you don't live for Him. People can see that. Uh, You know, the Bible talks a lot about how we're to love one another. Well, if we say we love one another, but then we go and we gossip about them, talk about them, slander them, how can we say we love them? Uh, We say we love God, but then we aren't faithful to Him. How can we say we love Him? You see, what I'm saying is people can spot that. and, And people can see that. And when someone's a hypocrite, it's hard to gain someone's trust. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 25, verse 19, it says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Have you ever had a, a toothache? It's miserable, is it not? 
just miserable. It affects everything, everything you do. Uh, because that, that toothache will stay with you in the morning, afternoon, the evening, you go to bed. Uh, it, it's just there constantly, and it's a problem. How about a foot out of joint? You ever sprained an ankle? Those are those nagging injuries. It keeps you from doing things that you might want to do. And then there's pain that's there. Well, you know, the Bible compares that. It says, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. In other words, you put confidence in someone and they don't come through because they're untrustworthy or they're a hypocrite because they tell you one thing and then do another. You know what? It's like that. And when you have that after a while, it's hard to trust someone like that. So in other words, as Christians, we don't want to be that. We want to be faithful to God and we want to be consistent. And we want the others around us, whether they're Christians or people of the world, to see someone who is sincere, someone who's a Christian, someone who's not putting on a show, but someone who loves God and wants to serve the Lord. That's who Joseph was. And I think that's why he was able to converse with these two men. And that's why, really, he was able to succeed wherever God put him, because everyone that he was under recognized his faithfulness, understood this man is sincere. And so we find sincerity. Uh, Second, and this is probably, uh, I would say, maybe the most important point here this morning, and that is Joseph was selfless. That's why he made friends, because he was selfless. It tells us here in in Genesis chapter 40, notice it says in verse 5, and they dreamed a dream, both of them. Each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And today I'm not going to get into the dreams or the interpretation. We're talking about Joseph and his relationship here with these men. It says, the butler and the baker, the king of Egypt, verse 6, And Joseph came in unto them in the morning. It says, And he looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. Okay, so we have Joseph. Joseph treating these men not only with some respect, but also with some care and some concern. Uh, And let me give you a few thoughts before I go any further on how I think Joseph very easily could have justified not even talking to these men. Let me give you three things that could have prevented him from making friends and that prevent us sometimes from making friends. Here's the first one. How about this? We're talking about dreams. These men had dreams. Remember Joseph had some dreams? These dreams that Joseph had saw at this point in his life little or no fulfillment. Remember, his dreams told him he was going to be elevated above. He's sitting in prison. He's a servant in prison. You see, these dreams that he had, as far as the moment, there was no sign that these dreams would be fulfilled. And as far as Joseph is concerned, that I guess we call that little fruition, or the appearance of no fulfillment, must have been difficult to deal with. You know, I think human nature, we like to see results, Right? We like to see results. If we don't see any results, then we can become discouraged. We don't see any results and we it may say, ah, what's, a, what's the use? It's not worth it. Uh, even if there's just a sliver of hope, something uh, you call it a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I know some will say, you know what, I, I went to school all these years and I, I got this education, but guess what? I got my job now. That's that hope there. You, you're able to go forward. There's something you're looking forward to. If you didn't have any of that, that's difficult. And at this point in Joseph's life, there was no indication these dreams would be fulfilled. Yet, you know what we find? We don't find a man dwelling on his problems. And that's what he could have done. He could have been moping around saying, I don't care about your dreams. My dreams aren't even fulfilled. God says he'll fulfill dreams, but he hasn't done mine, so why should I help you with yours? You see, that's the attitude that we can get 
if we're not careful when we don't see the results that we might want to see. So here's the thought. Poor results in the past may tempt you to quit caring for people in the present. And don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Just because things may not have worked out the way you expected or, or perhaps you're going through some trials, don't keep that or let that prevent you from helping others and making friends and being a blessing to others. How about this one? Here, that's the first one. Here's the second one. How about his mistreatment? I think it's fair to say Joseph was treated unjustly and unfairly. Uh, you go back to when he was thrown in that pit. You know, I have some brothers. I'm glad they didn't throw me in a pit. They may have thought about it at times, but they didn't. And you know what? They would have been easy just to get bitter because of that. Just, just to say, why even care about people at all? Man, look at, look at my brothers. Look at the kind of people they are. Well, then he could have said, well, maybe it's just them. Then he goes on into Egypt. He's blessed. But then falsely accused and thrown right into prison. You know, he could have concluded, all people are miserable. Uh, nobody likes me. Everybody's out to get me. Uh, why should I even try to help anybody out? You know, that can be tempting sometimes. You know, when we get mistreated by somebody or have something unjust done to us or some sort of slight or offense, uh, we can use that to keep us from making friends or being a blessing to someone else or, or reaching out to someone in a way that we can help them. And here's the thought on this. We've got to make sure our service to God or, or our care for others is not based upon consequences or circumstances. In other words... Don't be a friend just because things are going well. Be a friend at all times. And that's what Joseph was. He cared about people. Uh, as far as the third one, how about his service? Uh, he, he has a lowly position, folks. He's a servant in a prison, all right? Now think about that. Not only is he in prison, but now he's a servant there. And that's his responsibility. That's his job. You know, a whole message in itself would be the faithfulness of this man in a lowly position. I may preach that the next time we go through the life lessons of Joseph. Because look at this. This man here is at the lowest of lows. Yet he does his job faithfully. And evidently he does it with a good attitude. Goes in there to help people out. Whatever you do in life, wherever God has you, do it to your best of your abilities. Thank God that you get up each day and you have a position or something that you can do. And then go work hard. And glorify God wherever God has placed you. So as far as Joseph, his conduct wasn't based upon his circumstances or, or how people treated him or, or mistreated him. And I think the point here, here's the point I want to make right here is, Joseph helped others even though he himself was hurting. And that's difficult to do. Because trials and troubles can weigh heavy on a heart. And if we're not careful, they can turn us inward. Where all we do is think about ourselves. All we do is think about our problems and we lose sight of people around us and those that may be hurting that we can be a blessing to, that we can help out. And what we find with Joseph is he didn't let that happen to him. He didn't dwell on his troubles. He didn't make them the issue of his life. Instead, he looked to help people out. And this is difficult because it's so easy to hold on to those. So I encourage you to, to look to others. Uh, here's a few thoughts on this. When you think about God, we're to glorify God at all times. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether for you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
So whatever situation you find yourself in, you're to glorify God in that situation. You're to do your best to, to give God glory and honor. And I think Joseph was faithful at this. And, and as, here's my final thought on this point here. You know, failure, failure to help somebody, if you can. Uh, failure to help someone, if you're able to help them, I think is pure selfishness, is what it is. Uh, if we can help somebody, we, but we just choose not to, it's because we're being selfish. We're just, we're not wanting to make friends. And when that happens, we'll probably not be blessed in life. We'll probably run into other troubles and problems. So if we struggle with making friends, it might be because we're just thinking about ourselves. Let's think about others and their situation. So let's go on here. Uh, Let's talk about Joseph's compassion now. Uh, It says here, we're in Genesis chapter 40. And it says in verse 6, And Joseph came in unto them in the morning, and he looked upon them, and behold, he says they were sad. i got two thoughts here real quick. First, notice Joseph's care. And then we're going to talk about his concern. As far as his care, notice it says he, he, he noticed something was wrong. Noticed something was wrong. You know, it's possible to go through a day and not notice anybody else. Even if you work at a place where there's a bunch of people, and some of you do. You may work somewhere where you go by people every day. You know, it's possible to be so focused on your own self and problems that people are passing by. But you don't notice them. You don't really notice what's going on in their life. And Joseph, the Bible says, he went in there and he looked upon them and he noticed something was wrong. There was a problem here. Why is this? It's because he paid attention to people. That's why this is. He paid attention to them. You know, when you pay attention to people, you'll notice if something's wrong. Now, we're not to meddle in other people's lives. But when you see someone struggling and hurting, you can be a blessing to them. And and he noticed something was wrong. Uh, Here's a thought I'll give to you. It's not very profound. People are important. People are important. I think in this world that we live in today, we have so many distractions. And I'll be the first to tell you, I thank the Lord for a lot of the things we have. I thank God for... Air conditioned this morning. I thank the Lord for electricity. Thank the Lord for having nice buildings, uh, houses, cars. I mean, there's a lot that we can be grateful for. But if we're not careful, we can lose sight of what really is important, and that's people, that's souls. And let me give you some thoughts on that this morning as far as people being important. You know, uh, as far as people being important, first off, every person has a soul. Everyone. Everyone has a soul. God has made you that way. He's created you that way. It doesn't matter if they're just born into this world or 90 or 100 years old. They have a soul. And that soul is important. I believe your soul is your most valuable possession. It's not your car. It's not your house. It's not your career. It's your soul. The Bible tells us if you could gain the whole world and you lose your own soul... You've lost out. And that's why your soul is important. Because your soul is going to live beyond what we see today. Your soul is going to spend eternity either with God in heaven or in hell, separated from God. The Bible teaches us that. That's why everyone's soul is important. So this morning, I want to encourage you, first off, to make sure that your soul is secure. In other words, make sure that you're saved. The Bible teaches that we're all sinners. We've all sinned. Uh, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans 6.23. In other words, God has provided the remedy for sin, and that's His Son, Jesus Christ. And the answer to sin is 
forgiveness. In other words, you must understand you're a sinner, repent of that sin, believe on Christ for salvation. Uh, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that's a promise that you can hold on to. And that's a promise that is guaranteed. In other words, if you go to God today and you ask Him to forgive you your sin and you accept Him as your Savior and you do it from your heart, He's not going to turn you away. He's not going to reject you. He's not going to say, well, let me think about this. He's not going to say, well, how much money do you have? Or what have you accomplished recently? Or what have you done? No, He's going to forgive you, the Bible teaches. God is good. God is gracious. God is merciful. But you must accept Him. You must accept Him as your Savior. And this morning, I encourage you to examine your heart. Make sure you're saved. I hope everyone here is saved. And once you're saved, your soul is secure. Let me give you something to think about, though. How about your friends? How about your family members? How about your co-workers? How about your neighbors? How about their souls? Uh, The story uh, was once told. D.L. Moody, the evangelist, uh, was walking down the street. And he looked over at a person and he, he asked him, he said, um, can I ask you a question? Didn't know this, this man. And the man said, sure. He said, are you saved? And, the man, and, and uh, the man looked and said, that's none of your business. And D.L. Moody says, I beg your pardon, it is my business. And the man was just so shocked that the conversation carried on and eventually he led him to Christ. Folks, make people your business. Not to meddle in their lives, but to make sure that they know about Christ, that there is a Savior, that they can be forgiven. I'm going to tell you right now, there is a lot of hurting going on in our world today. There's a lot of hurting. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. And a lot of that can be remedied through Jesus Christ, coming to know Him as their Savior. But we must tell them. So let's get back to this here. Uh, What we find here as far as Joseph is he understood the importance of people. That's why he's looking upon these people. He understood that these people were important and what was going on in their life wasn't important to them. So if someone is hurting here today, you can be helped by God. Maybe you know someone that's hurting and you wait and pray that God will help you to be a blessing to them. Now next, here's the concern. Notice he, uh, he recognized there was a problem, but he went a step further, okay? He, he didn't just leave and say, well, I'll pray for him. He asked. He asked. What's the matter? Are you okay? You know, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. You know, there are a lot of people today that won't talk unless you ask them. And if you ask them, they might open up and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I need some help. And that's what we find here. I think we find a man who sympathized. That sympathy is, you know, caring for somebody. Having feelings and understanding their sorrow and their hurt. And because of his own griefs, now think about Joseph, because of his own griefs, he was able to help them with theirs through their difficult times. Here's a thought for you. You know, if you've been tested, if you've been troubled, or if you've been tempted... That's me. I don't know about you. I think we all fall into that category. You've been tested, troubled, or tempted. You know you're qualified to help someone out? Because you can relate. Now you may not relate exactly, but you can help them out. You can encourage them. You can provide some, I I think, some direction for them because you understand what it's like to be troubled. You understand what it's like to be tempted. You understand what it's like to go through trials. Now, there may be times it can be more specific that you can really help someone. But in general, you can help people out. Let me give you an illustration. Let's say you're walking down a, we'll just say a jungle somewhere. I don't know where. You can use your imagination. You're going through a jungle somewhere and there's a pit and someone had fallen into the pit. Do you think that person who wants out cares if you ever fell in? 
No, they just want you to throw a rope down to them so they can get out. That's how it is in life, folks. You don't have to know every detail about someone's problems to help them. You, if you know a way to help them out, you can be a blessing to them. You can help them with their trials. You can help them with their troubles. Joseph cared enough to ask. And because he asked, he was able to help out. So be willing to make friends. In other words, have some care and some concern for others. Have compassion. Let me just turn over to Matthew chapter 9. I want to point this out to you real quick, and then we'll move on to our last point. Matthew chapter 9. And we'll be looking at verse 35 to start with here. Matthew chapter 9. And in verse 35, it says here, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And verse 36, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. You realize when our Savior looked upon the people in this world, he was moved with compassion. It says here, because they were as sheep without a shepherd. They had no direction. They had no leadership. They had no guidance. They had no hope. You just apply that to what's going on in our world today. That's the problem. There are a lot of people that are without a shepherd. And because they're without a shepherd, they're living under themselves. They're doing their own thing. And that's why they're causing problems. That's why they're getting into trouble. Uh, you know, we should be surprised... When a sinner does right, not when they do wrong. Uh, because without a shepherd, they're going to get into trouble. And we find that Christ had compassion on them. He cared for them. That's why he came, by the way. That's why he died, so we can have a shepherd. And this morning, you can tell others that truth. That there is someone that cares. There is someone that will guide them. There is someone that will provide their needs spiritually and, of course, physically. So, what we need to do is be willing to help people. Just be willing to make friends. Now, here's my last point here, and this is it. Joseph made friends because he provided some comfort. He provided comfort. Now, let's go back to Matthew 4, or excuse me, Genesis chapter 40, and notice what it says in verse 8. It says here, and they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. Here's what we find. They tell Joseph, and the Bible says that they were, uh, basically, they were not only hurting, they were agitated, they were upset, they were angry. Uh, let me give you a few thoughts on these men here. They've been cast into prison, okay? Now, we don't know what happened, uh, whether they were there justly or unjustly. We just know that they were there. And being in prison, obviously there was a problem of some sort in the past. But as far as the present... They were filled with agony, grief, anger, hurt. And as far as their future, it was uncertain. I can tell you this, if I was in prison, I'd probably say, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's where they were at. They had a problem. And Joseph now is going to provide some help from God. I find this interesting, and this is what's encouraging to me as a pastor. I wish I could fix all the problems that people had. I wish I could walk through hospitals and heal people. I really do. I wish I had that ability. And when I say heal, I'm not talking about putting on a show or a presentation. I'm wishing that I, I could go in and actually have someone have a disease just be gone. 
Wouldn't that be nice? Where, where you could just go in and, like Christ, have a 100% success rate and just heal people? Oh, well, how about this? How about financially? Don't you wish you could help people that are in trouble financially? Maybe they don't have a job. They lost a job. Do you wish you could say, hey, man, I can get you this job. Set you up where you can have a nice job and you can support your family. You know, there's all sorts of problems in this world that I wish I could fix. But I can't as far as my own power and my own strength. Joseph couldn't either, by the way. That's my point here. He was a servant in a prison. He didn't have the power to lift these men out. He didn't have the power to, to set them free. He couldn't even get himself out. But what he did have, he had a relationship with God. And he knew that God had the answer to their dreams. And that God would provide the direction. And that's what he did. He asked them, he said, Do not interpretations belong to God? Shall we not take this to the Lord? And let Him tell us what's going on? And that's all he did. So this morning, here's a thought. You know, there are a lot of people that are in what I would say similar situations to these men that were in prison. In other words, they're, they're in a poor circumstance. Maybe something in the past is causing problems. Maybe they're in a pitiful present condition. Maybe they're uncertain on the future. As I mentioned before, you know, there are a lot of hurting people in this world that have a lot of questions. Let me give you some of the questions because maybe some of you here have these. Here's a question that a lot of people have. Why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I in this world? Why am I right here right now? Or, or where am I going? How about the future? Do I have a future? Here's another one. What lies beyond the present right now? What's beyond the present? Or what's beyond the grave? That's another question that I think people deal with and struggle with. And here's the final one. Is there hope for me? Folks, those questions are asked often today in our world. Now, some may not do it verbally, but it means right here. Those are questions that cross people's hearts. And I do believe that God has the answers to those. The Bible has the answers to those. Obviously, God created us. That's the answer to why we're here. You know, God made you. God created you. God put you here. You're not an accident that happened. God doesn't make mistakes. And God gave you a life. God gave you a soul. So you're here on purpose. Isn't that a wonderful thought to know that God has made us? God has put us here. And so that answers that question when you think of the scriptures. And then a few other of these answers here, you know, as far as our purpose here, or our place, I'll put it, our place first. You know, God doesn't misplace anybody. I misplace things. I don't know about you. I think this morning I had to find my keys. I misplace things. God doesn't. God doesn't misplace people. You're not here by accident. God hasn't forgotten you. And that can happen in this world sometimes. We can, we can think we're forgotten. Everything's so big and overwhelming. We can think, God, have you forgotten me? No, God hasn't forgotten you. God's still there. And He knows where you are. You see, God has the answers to many of the questions we can find in our heart. How about the, the, the present as far as today? We're to glorify God with our lives. That, that's what we're to do, each of us. We're to glorify God, live unto Him. And then the future. Folks, if you put your faith in Christ, the future's taken care of. He's taking care of that. He's taking care of heaven. He's taking care of eternity. He'll take care of that future. And I'm also under the impression He can take care of the future today. What I mean by that is He can take care of tomorrow for you. He can take care of next week. He can take care of next month. I always find it ironic how we trust God to take care of eternity, but we struggle with next week sometimes. 
Isn't that kind of crazy how that works? I think it's just our human flesh that we just want to hold on to those things that are so close. And in reality, we should trust God to take care of that as well because He can and He will. Just trusting in the Lord. See, God provides those answers. And God was going to provide an answer to these men. And Joseph knew that God had the answer. So as far as God having the answers, when you, well, first off for you, make sure you seek God's help in your own life. And then second, you can encourage others to do the same thing. And then second, and here's our final thought. Joseph provided some hope in God. It's been said, if you have no hope, you'll not go forward. And I believe that. Uh, hope, as far as the word itself, means the, the belief that something better is in front of you. If there's no hope, why go? And that's what Joseph's going to provide these men. If there's hope, take it to God. And we'll see what God has to say. Now notice a few things here. You notice Joseph didn't provide a false hope. And I want to be clear on that. He didn't tell these men, guess what? Let's take it to God and guess what? You're going to be back in your positions tomorrow. Joseph didn't know that. All he said is, God can tell us. God can help us. So he didn't provide a false hope. And I'm not going to provide a false hope. We shouldn't provide false hopes. Uh, I mean, as a pastor, I shouldn't preach. Hey, you do this. Everything's going to work out perfect. Uh, I don't know how things are going to work out and how God's going to lead in your life. But I can tell you this. You trust God. He'll get you through it. He'll provide strength. He'll provide wisdom. And you may come to find out He took you through that trial for a reason. And it was best for you to go through it. That's how God often works. And for these men, He didn't provide a false hope. Also, as far as Joseph, He didn't provide worldly hope. He didn't say, you're going to have all these riches and all this wealth. Uh, By the way, I don't think these men were interested in that anymore. They wanted to know what's going to go on with my life. Isn't that something how that works? When we go through trials or troubles, priorities change. And the priority is now life, not so much living in the world, but living life itself. And that's what happened to these men. And so he didn't provide worldly hope. And here's another one. He didn't provide himself as the answer. He said, let's look to the Lord. God will provide an answer. It's God's answer. So Joseph knew God could help. And God, I tell you, with God there's always hope. With God there is always hope. So this morning I can say this. I know the one that can give you an answer to your problems. And that's God. Now you may have others who can give you advice. And that's good. Seek that. But take your cares to God. Take your concerns to the Lord. Because God has the answers that your heart needs today. And I don't know the the questions you have. I don't know the issues. But God does. And He has the answers to those. You know, here's a few examples. How about a lost heart? Maybe there's a lost heart here today. What I mean by that, someone hasn't put their faith in Christ. They haven't trusted in the Lord. You know, God knows the problems that you're dealing with. He knows what's preventing you from putting faith in Christ. Or trusting in Him for salvation. Well, go to God. Remove those problems and put your faith in Him. And let Him provide the answers that you need. Uh, maybe you hear this morning as far as just living for God. Sometimes we can have a proud heart. And that proud heart will get in the way. We just need to set that aside and submit unto the Lord. Uh, I think what we find in this passage here, Joseph was a good friend because he directed them to God. Now that's a good friend. Someone who's going to point you to the Lord. That's the best direction to go. Is the way God wants you to go. And that's why he was a good friend. So this morning, in closing, let me give you, wrap this up. Uh, Joseph made friends that day. He made friends. And uh, later, I don't think he did it to benefit, but he, he was benefited, by the way, later in life. He was benefited by the friendships he made. 
But what we find is he made these friendships because of three reasons. One, he was consistent. They could trust this man. So they opened up to him. Also, he was compassionate. He actually cared about him. He wanted to know what was bothering him. He wanted to help him out if he could. And that's the final one. He provided comfort in the Lord. You know, Proverbs 18, verse 24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Uh, if we're going to have friends, we've got to show ourselves friendly. And I think we find the example here with Joseph. So here's my challenge and encouragement to you in closing. Be consistent. Be consistent. Just be faithful to God and live a life that's pleasing unto Him. Be compassionate. Take time. Take time to look at people. To notice them. To help them out if you can help them out. And not just physically, but maybe spiritually. Maybe emotionally. Just being in encouragement. You know, just a, a friendly, hey, how you doing today? Just a smile on your face can encourage somebody. So take time to encourage someone to have compassion on people. And then finally, be a comfort to people by pointing them to God. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.